This is One Path with Metro Health, your toolkit for helping to combat the opioid epidemic as a member of the medical community with empathy, mindfulness, and a big picture perspective. I'm Libby Palaya, educator within Metro Health's Department of Opioid Safety. Thanks for joining us. The opioid epidemic has impacted the lives of hundreds of thousands of people and not just those experiencing addiction firsthand. Families, partners, friends, classmates, and entire communities at large have been hit by the destructive wave of opioid use disorder, reeling from the loss of beloved individuals at the hands of these powerful drugs. This is especially true in the greater Cleveland area and in Ohio at large. The state is referred to as ground zero of the opioid epidemic for a reason. However, there are tools and support available to those who are ready to defeat their addiction, and Matthew Hawkins is someone who utilized those resources to their fullest extent. Matthew was born and raised in the Cleveland area and first found his way into the Metro Health community by way of pursuing treatment for his opioid use disorder. After a long struggle, Matthew was able to get into an intensive outpatient program, the exam program, through Metro. Through that program, Matthew reached his goal of sobriety. Matthew told us that the origins of his opioid use disorder go all the way back to 2009, around the time when his mother passed away from cancer. That's when I started messing around with different drugs or certain other substances, and I happened to try uh, oxycodone from a dentist is actually where I first got it. I had some dental work done, and they gave me a prescription for Percocet, and uh, I took it, and it was crazy because the first time I took it, I was like, wow, like... It instantly, like, took away the stress I was feeling over my life, and it took away some of the, just the grief I was feeling, and I was like, wow, this would be great if I felt like this all the time. I was probably prescribed it too too much. I was given it for, like, a couple months when I probably should have been only given it for, you know, a week or something like that. Matthew says that over the years, things slowly snowballed. This is a very common story for those experiencing addiction. They start with prescription painkillers, and inevitably encounter barriers to obtaining more of those painkillers, only to resort to heroin or fentanyl. Matthew started using heroin in 2017, and that's when he found himself in county jail. Fortunately, this is how Matthew connected with Metro Health. They did a task assessment for me through the county jail that I was in for um, some drug issues or whatever. And um, yeah, they did an assessment. And as soon as I got out, they got me into the program. And it was it was awesome. There was no lag time. So it really helped me. It gave me hope, too, which is funny. When you're, when you're going through that, it's really hard to find help. You know, a lot of people want it, but they just don't know how to get it. And they're afraid to get it or, you know, go through withdrawals. So that's the big disconnect that I think the exam program specifically helps a lot and connects people with the resources that they need to get help. So, yeah, it's it's really amazing what Metro's doing through the, the exam program with the Cuyahoga County Jail. It's great. Matthew shared that Metro Health is a bit different than most other healthcare systems when it comes to their attitude toward and treatment of opioid use disorder. Metro's stigma-reducing approach is especially meaningful. There's definitely a lot of stigma and I don't want to just say healthcare, but just in general with like stuff substance use, people are made to feel like they have a moral like fault within them. When we we know that's not true. We know it's a disease and it's a it's got a lot of things in your brain that need fixing and therapy. 
But um, some people think it's just a moral deficiency. So that's what's great um, with the educating people and healthcare providers. And I've gone to the emergency room in a, a local ER, and um, they would uh, I would tell them what I was going through, like, hey, I'm going through opiate withdrawal. Um, you know, I really you don't you want help. You don't know where to go. And they really, I think the only thing, they gave me a paper with uh, a couple of phone numbers to call. But at that time, I didn't have health insurance. I didn't have, um, you know, a job. Most people going through that lose a lot of things along the way. I remember another thing they told me was, uh, oh, well, the uh, only thing we can do here is really make sure you don't die. <laughs> and that's the one that stuck with me for so I think about that almost every day is that's that's what the ER doctor told me. And this is while I was, like, withdrawing, and I'm, like, you know, I feel terrible. I'm, like, sweating and, like, <laughs> sort of shaking. And I'm, like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. And they're, like, well, we can make sure you don't die. I'm, like, well, that's nice. <laughs> I'm, like, that's great. Experiences like this, being belittled by those who are supposed to be helpful to folks experiencing illness, are understandably a cause of mistrust between those seeking help and those willing to provide it. Matthew says that this is a standard feature of the lived experience of opioid addiction. You're used to authority figures like police or this. You're used to being talked down to, and you're just, you're automatically on the defensive. When you could break down that wall and just be like, hey, you know, we have these options, we could help you. That's like, a, that's like one of the best things. Before speaking with Metro representatives, I never had that before. It was more of just a clock in, clock out, no emotion to it. So that connection is, I think, a really big part of the success in the exam program and the IOP programs that Metro's providing. Even with Metro's comprehensive programs and with staff being as well-trained and empathetic as they are, accepting help and getting on the path toward sobriety can be a challenge. Matthew was at the end of his rope when he finally decided to pursue recovery. I was just losing everything in my life. I mean, not being able to keep a job steadily, you know, because, you know, the first thing you think of and, you know, you need to get this opioid so you don't feel sick all day. So when I knew it was a problem was once I got to the point where I needed this to just function through my day, like I couldn't even... I wasn't even getting high at a certain, I was just trying to not get sick, which probably a lot of people talk about that. That point is probably when I knew, I was like, okay, I need some help. Going to jail is a big, <laughs> that's a big problem. And you know, that's not good. So that you would say that was my sort of rock bottom where that like made me realize like, okay, like you need to change things or else, you know, you're not going down a good path. You know, you're going to be, end up in jail or end up dead, you know, from an overdose. That was, I think, the kick in my pants to get me going and um, see, you know, what I need to do. That That's what helped me personally, which is sort of counterintuitive, but being in jail helped me get sober. While Matthew's time in jail was not fun by any means, he believes that the period of forced sobriety is what moved him and moves many others towards pursuing it as a lifestyle. A lot of people going through that will end up in jail, maybe not for long, but they'll end up there for a variety of issues. And that point when they're in the jail and they're forced to be sober, and they have, they, they have that clear mind for that short space window, and that's when I was reached out to from Metro staff. They got to me right at that point where I could understand I needed help. 
And that's, I think, that fails to happen a lot. So just doing that, I think you can you can capture so many people when they're clear-minded and they know, okay, I need help, I could get help. And getting them that help right when they get out um, with the Medicaid-assisted treatment if they need, that's amazing. I think that's what is reaching so many people that were just forgotten before. When I was in the jail, they came in and did a... Uh, assessment, you know, just asking my background of, of opioid use and what got me to where I'm at and all these different questions. So it was very long and informative. They just, they gave me the opportunity. They said, we have this IOP program, this um, MAT program, Medicated Assisted Treatment. You could be offered uh, Vivitrol as the newer, like, opioid treatment, or Suboxone is sort of, that's been around longer. But, yeah, they gave, just gave me options, really, and said, you know, we could help you if you want help. And at that, that during that window, was like, it felt amazing just to be sober. Even though I was in a bad environment, I was still happy because I hadn't been sober in so long. And just being able to think clearly and then, to be given that option to get help. And then the the kicker was just the the extras that they threw in, like helping me get insurance to help pay for everything. They helped me get Medicaid, so because that's the biggest thing. Like you could be told you can do this or that, but if you don't have the money to pay for it, you you know, that's not gonna help you much. So they really walked me through everything. They gave me everything I needed. I didn't have a transportation at the time. Metro has a deal with Lyft where um, they can get patients their rides to and from whatever they need, their treatments or their IOP classes. And I've never heard of that, like anyone doing that before. And that that's a big thing. I think like probably over 50% of the people in those IOP groups utilize that tool because they've lost their license or they don't have transportation or they don't have the family support, you know, to get them to those places. They just ticked off all the marks that I needed to get me to the treatment. They took away all the walls in the way. The highly accessible, patient-affirming, and foundationally empathetic approach that Metro Health employs with those in recovery made all the difference to Matthew in his journey towards sobriety. In the past, when I lived in Florida for a few years, I went to a Suboxone clinic, and there was no no like treatment. He, he talked to me for five minutes, and he's like, okay, here's your prescription, and that was it. There was no therapy and it didn't it didn't really help me <laughs> you know i just i got the prescription and i didn't learn anything about opioid use i didn't learn you know why i was dealing with things the way i was and it ended up turning out bad in the end i think the hardest part is just getting into a treatment facility even around here um before i got in trouble with the law and got into the metro health treatment I would call other places, and they'd say, oh, we're full, unless you have cash. If you want to pay cash, we could help you out. <laughs> so I'd be like, yeah, you know, I don't have cash right now. So it, it was just, it's hard. I, and I know a lot of people, too, who have been through that, where they they want help, and they're like, oh, I give up. You know, I, I'll, I'll take help. If I could get it, I'll take it. But they just don't have that opportunity. In his new sober life, Matthew has been pursuing ways to help others who are experiencing opioid addiction. In fact... I've been um, actually taking courses for my CDCA, which is a chemical dependency counselor assistant. But I actually just got my certificate like two days ago. I've been lucky to have a lot of role models in Metro and a lot of really nice people um, at all the different campuses that I've been to. I mean... 
I've gotten my Vivitrol shot on the east side at the Broadway location. I did my IOP in Parma and the main campus branch. Everywhere in the Office for Opiate Safety, people are so nice. And they really care is the big difference that I see. It's a personal, it's not like a a clock-in, clock-out type of a job. So it makes it easy to connect with people, which is a big thing when, you know, you're trying to help people with opioid use disorder. Matthew's time working with the team in the Office of Opioid Safety has inspired him to do similar work. Like when I've gone there and I see how everybody acts and everyone's having a good time and discussing things and making real-time decisions that affect a lot of people, but doing it in like a healthy way that everyone's doing it for the right reasons and not just doing it for a check or, you know, what you know, other things. But yeah, it's it's helped me a lot, and um, I, I, I hopefully I want to end up getting back into college, and I'm thinking I'll try to get my bachelor's in a sp- specific behavioral science with, um, you know, treatment options and with addiction medicine. I mean, it affected me so much, and I've and I know so many people now through the treatments I've been in, and how many other people it's helping get their families back together, you know, getting their ch- children back. Like, it, it does so many good things that people don't realize, and it's it's really awesome to, to see and just be involved in that. Matthew is a great example of how someone can use the resources available to them to turn their life around. His generosity with his story and his experiences is greatly appreciated, and we cannot wait to see what Matthew does next. But as we arrive at the end of this first season of One Path, what have we learned? What steps can medical professionals take to ensure that Matthew sharing his story impacts the practices of those with prescribing power and not just those being prescribed to? Ask questions. Seek help when confused or unsure about how to provide the best pain management options for a patient. Use the resources available to you, and if they're not available at your healthcare system, be the one who begins advocating for change. The defeat of the opioid epidemic will be nothing if not a team effort, and change happens outside of one's comfort zone. Now it's your turn to get uncomfortable, get curious, and help reduce the power of opioids in your community. One Path with Metro Health is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, written, and engineered by Hannah Ray Leach and mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman. Special thanks to Mike Tobin, Carolyn Tobian, Joan Papp, Joya Riff, and the entire Department of Opioid Safety in making this show possible. You can learn more about One Path, access opioid safety resources, and get connected with our team at onepathpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us.